You've gotten way too comfortable making this many excuses as to why you're still in the wrong relationships. What in the 20s is going on? In the 20s, on yes. the 20s. The 20s, what baby. The 20s? What in the 20s is going on? I am here for the 20s, baby. This is the 20s. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Zama Mkhize, and this is What's in the Twenties, a podcast where you listen to me grow through its baby. On today's episode, <laughs> uh, today's episode, it's going to be an interesting one because a lot of y'all are not trying to hear this. <laughs> a lot of you guys are not trying to hear this, and that's fair, that's fine, but we're going to talk about it anyways. I'm going to speak about, uh, well, I titled it, That's Not Your Soulmate. But you already knew that. <laughs> but you already knew that, didn't you? But uh, yeah, let's get into it, right? Um, I think this is particularly interesting because um, I once heard uh, someone say that love is so addictive, like addictive, like it's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful feeling, almost nothing can compare to it, nothing can replicate it, nothing can feel as good as being in love feels like. And um, to be loved and all the rest, is it's, it's lovely. And I think that we attach ourselves to that feeling so much that we would rather be in the wrong kind of love, in the wrong relationship with the wrong person and the wrong this and that, um, just to feel some sense of to love and be loved. And I, I truly, I think there's something to be said about that, right? That um, we often find ourselves in situations where we are willing to see this through, willing to settle through, willing to stick it through in circumstances when we are fully aware that this probably isn't for me. This probably isn't what I should be enduring. This probably is not what I deserve and it's really hard detaching from that right because it feels like this person this thing this environment is attached to love and so if you lose this person then you will never find yourself in a situation of love again and it almost feels like you'll never be able to love like that again that you'll never be deserving of love like that ever or even better that there isn't any better it's it's really it's it's quite interesting what a mind game that it plays on us to believe that what we have found is what was designated or designed you know for us for life and i don't think we we take into consideration that some good beautiful experiences with certain people aren't meant to be forever it could mean just to serve this period of your life this season of your life this version of you however they cannot be carried through to every season to every lifetime and all the rest and i think that's what makes us kind of stretch the lifespan of love right and turn it into something else turn it into resentment turn it into anger turn it into disappointment frustration contempt for another human being is like when we um hold on to it too tight we end up strangling it and suffocating it and um in certain ways in many cases i think people often feel trapped and they feel like they can't leave and um it's the story that we tell ourselves that we we just we can't do it where are we going where to from here what do we do from here and there's a fear that kind of sits in there right is like 
I will never be able to love anyone more than this person or no one will ever love me as much as this person. I'll never be able to experience love. I'll never be deserving of love. And, you know, it, it, it carries on for so much that like we really be able, we really become able and just master manipulators in terms of designing a reality that makes us suited for what it is that we're settling for. And, um, you know, sometimes you just got to ask yourself that question. Would your soulmate treat you like this? <laughs> Would the love of your life treat you the way that this person is treating you? Would they avoid you the way that this person avoids, chooses to avoid you? Would they be as emotionally unavailable and detached from you the way that this person is choosing to make those decisions? You know, would this person um be rude and disrespect you as often as this person does would this person look down on you and not appreciate you and value you you know there's obviously room for imperfections in a person right no one is perfect there are ways that we can work around certain things there are ways that we can give room for someone to improve to do better to change to grow um, but there's also deal breakers. There's also non-negotiables. There's also such thing as a character flaw. You know, somebody where this is just who they've accepted themselves to be and who they wake up every day choosing to be and who you choose to connect yourself to and attach yourself to, right? And sometimes you really have to look at the drawing board and stop negotiating with yourself about what you can see is not changed behavior and is not going to be changed behavior. And you negotiate with yourself like, okay, well, maybe I can take it. Maybe I can do this. And what you're doing is there's this book that I was reading. I finished it, I think it was last week or the week before. It's called um, uh, It Ends With Us, right? And... It's so interesting. Um, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who still wants to read it. Um, but there's this moment where the mother says to her daughter is what is that what you are doing is trying to negotiate with yourself where your limits are, right? How much you can take. Because today it'll be like, oh, so much has happened. You're so frustrated. You're so upset. You're hurt. You're heartbroken and all the rest. And the next day... Um, you still get hurt, but it's not as bad as it was the last time, right? And so you're like, okay, so maybe it is bearable. Maybe I can survive it. And that's the tricky thing with resilience is that it opens or it 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 bring, brings up, levels up. I don't know how to describe it, but your threshold to withstand pain, to withstand suffering, to withstand something that is terrible becomes wider, becomes longer. You're able to take in more because you've survived worse, because you've gone through worse, you know, neglect, abandonment, abuse, all the rest. And so you tell yourself, you can handle this. You can take this. It's enough for you. What you're doing is seeing how far your limits can push and then stretching it and going even further and even further until you get to a place where you do not recognize yourself, until you get to a place where you don't even know who it is that you're negotiating with, that being yourself, because you've kind of just let it be. You've let it be your standard, your reality, and you accept this to be what it is that you want when you know, <laughs> when you're aware that this isn't good enough for you, that there is better available to you. But then because you've like stuck it through for so long mentally 
what you understand is for you changes right and then you start adapting to the standard of the thing of what you're tolerating you start lowering your expectations lowering your standards lowering your self-worth and all the rest so that what it is you are tolerating and accepting becomes worthy of your um just your self-esteem and where you're at in your life or the season you're at in your life and that's why it becomes so dangerous convincing yourself that someone is your soulmate when you know when your instincts are telling you that you're not meant to be here when your reality is telling you that you're not happy here in fact you are fostering and cultivating so much unhappiness that as i mentioned earlier it turns into stuff like resentment you end up resenting the person because of all you've had to put up with because of all the things you've had to accept, all the nonsense you told yourself you can deal with. And then they have the audacity to move on. They have the audacity to continue what they're doing. They have the audacity to be the person that they are. You end up being so angry. You don't even know what it is you're angry at anymore. You end up becoming so spiteful, so bitter. You're harboring so much disappointment and frustration because of your hope that things would have changed, things would have felt different, felt better. At some point, things would have been something else for you, right? And it's, it's, it's so sad. <laughs> it's honestly so sad that we um, tie, I guess, a rope around our necks for ourselves, you know, um, in terms of the people that we attach ourselves to, when there were so many things that were warning us beforehand, right, that this isn't where you're meant to be. And you find yourself fighting so many battles that you didn't need to fight. And you think, you think you're doing something special. <laughs> you think that all these challenges and all these things that you're suffering through is a badge of honor, you know, is some sort of affirmation that the harder things that we go through, the more difficulty that we experience in a relationship means that the stronger we are and the better bonded that we are and um, better suited for each other that we are, right? And that's what I'm saying the issue with resilience is, is that it masquerades as this thing that like, you, you until your relationship has been tested to that extent, then it's not a real relationship, you know? And you think that every other relationship that doesn't experience that level of difficulty of scrutiny of demise of suffering of pain of heartache isn't good enough you know it doesn't match that level and I, and it's, it's that attachment also to that toxic energy that thrill of you've survived it you know that thrill of oh my gosh you made it to the other side of something so you look for it you look for challenges in other relationships with people you seek for the chaos you seek for the arguments for the destruction because it's all you're used to it's all you've kind of been accustomed to and you it it, it becomes your safe space it becomes your natural habitat, your environment that you thrive off of. Do you understand how this becomes and leans into patterns? Because even when you're with the wrong person, you'll see it in also the way that it responds to the other systems in your life. You might find yourself retreating 
more, isolating more, cutting back on social settings, who it is that you consider your friends. It becomes a lot more limited. You see your friends and family less. Like a lot of things start to change, right? And it's because you're trying to protect this illusion you have created, this idea, this fantasy of this person, this relationship that you're existing in. Because you know, if you leave yourself that exposed to that many people, that many spaces, you leave your relationship vulnerable because a lot of people will be able to see through it and tell you this isn't right. A lot of be, a lot of people will be able to see through you and say you don't look happy, you don't look good. And so you try to protect this person. You protect this relationship by hiding it from people, from by hiding it from the world, by hiding it from those who you know very well can see right through you and know you well enough to be able to tell you that you're in the wrong space. And it feels like you're doing something noble, right? And the person might even appreciate you more from that, um, for that, sorry. And it's like, you, f- you feel like you're doing something great by honoring and committing to a situation that is actually stealing joy from you and more than that, stealing life from you. And the thing is, the reason why I say we become so good at creating excuses for somebody is because we we see them not for who they show us to be, but for who we want them to be, for the potential of who they could be, the glimpses of themselves that they present to us, those moments of vulnerability that they share with us, that intimacy. We see them for those moments and we kind of idealize it and glorify it so much that we paint the entire situation, relationship and person with that image. But the truth is the bad far outweighs the good. But we take that 10%, that 9%, that 2% of the good and we decide that that is our entire relationship with this person. And by the way, this isn't just in a romantic sense. This could be platonically... um, in work relationships with, you know, in all types of relationships, right? We really have, you know, some people really struggle with this abandonment issue, this fear of being alone, this fear of nobody wanting them, this fear of being left and neglected. And so it feels a lot more easier to um, hold on to people in situations, um, even though we're not meant to be there, because at least there's somebody there. You know, and that's the thing, your boundaries become so faded, so non-existent that it's almost like it doesn't matter who is occupying this home that is you as long as there is somebody there, as long as there is somebody taking up that space, taking up um, room, right? And um, this thing of calling people soulmates that (laughs) that aren't of being of telling yourself and convincing yourself you're in love when in fact you're just attached it's it's so dangerous because you the the lines begin to blur you almost cannot see the thin line you're walking on between um living for them and um serving the relationship right because people that's what people always say all the time is that when you're in a relationship with someone it stops becoming about you 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 it's about what can serve the relationship the best what um what can i do to better the relationship what can i do that honors the relationship but it's no more just about you and perhaps i can understand that in a marriage sense but a lot of you are defending a lot of people that do not deserve access to you that do not deserve the experience that is you but because you've given them a title a label like soulmate partner 
um, my person, my this, you know, you've done that, you know, with certain friendships that are actually harming you, certain friendships that are holding you back, certain friendships that are deceiting you, just not deceiting, sorry, deceiving, <laughs> that are covered in deceit, sorry, but are deceiving you and manipulating you and controlling you. There's so many relationships we find ourselves in where we, we stay there because it's comfortable, because it's, it's familiar, because we're used to it. But the issue is that that, that person doesn't need to be there. <laughs> that person doesn't need to stick around. And I know that it's tough dissociating, right? It's tough looking at it from the outside in. It's tough objectively addressing your relationship and saying, you are not my person because of all the experiences you've had, because of the history. Sometimes there's just way too much history. You know this person way too well and it feels like they know you so well. It feels like they fully have you mapped out. The truth is with someone who loves and respects you, treat you that way. With someone who truly admires you, truly just adores you, put you through that. Especially if we understand love to not be self-serving, but love to be an offering to somebody else. How can I serve this person? How can I show up for this person? And I think we need to, we need to also, you know, if we have to look at it personally, address that line for ourselves when it is actually us moving our boundaries, our goalposts, and making ourselves a sacrifice under the guise of love. Making ourselves a sacrifice because we think we are honoring this person, honoring this relationship, but we're just offering ourselves up to be compromised. And it's, it's definitely brutal spending a lot of time, a lot of years coming out on the other side, realizing that you didn't need to endure that for that long. Of course, I'm not encouraging like this idea of not willing to work on something with someone or build something with someone. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about genuine deal breakers where you are caught up in situations where you're, you're devaluing yourself as a person. You, the, your self-respect kind of just get thrown out the window because of your attachment to this person, this thing, this situation, this environment. Um, how you see yourself alters your perspective and perception of yourself alters, especially when it comes to this person. It's almost like you can't see yourself. You're looking in the mirror and you don't know what you're, what is being reflected back to you. And you get so consumed in the world of this person that you are not an individual anymore to hold on to with dreams, aspirations, ambitions, that what you initially wanted for yourself almost becomes a fantasy, almost becomes this um, dream, unattainable dream. And when you've stayed in something like this for so long, it's almost it almost feels impossible to get it anywhere else because it's like, well, where else? <laughs> where, like I said, where do you go from here? Those are the questions that come and flood your mind, right? And that's the problem with building your home and other people. Um, as the book uh, Welcome Home says, is that when you when you build your home and other people, you give them the power to make you homeless. And 
that's precisely what happens is that you feel like a stranger in your own home. You feel like a visitor, you know, with your, in your own relationship with this person because you don't know what you're going to get from them. They, are, they become so unpredictable. You don't know what it is that, to expect. You don't know what today is going to look like. You don't know that like, there's this instability. It's so unstable that it's so tricky <laughs> it's so 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 tricky but then you're so good let me tell you you're so good at painting a great picture for people for yourself even you're so good at decorating this home that it feels like a lovely home to come to for others to visit and tell you that what a beautiful situation you got going on here. But you know the truth. You know what's going on here. <laughs> you know what it feels like to be besides this person and to experience the worst of this person. And it's, it's really in your best interest to sit with yourself and have those conversations with yourself about is it important for me to endure and be resilient in a relationship that isn't for me to begin with? Is it that important for me to stick it out and see how far we can go with someone who I'm not even connecting to anymore? Someone I'm not even feeling my best self around anymore. In fact, I'm always drained around this person. I feel suffocated. I feel like a shell of a human being. Is it that important to see how strong I am? You see that label of being strong. It's like, just test how far you can go. You know, just to say that I have a successful relationship. Listen, having a long lasting relationship isn't testament to a successful one, isn't testament to a healthy one, isn't testament to being in the right relationship. Relationship. It just means for some cases that you were willing to stick it out that long. You were willing to tolerate more than the next person was. It could just mean that you were willing to accept more than someone with different values, different principles, different standards was willing to accept, you know, and you gotta, you, you're not in competition with anybody. You have to also realize that, that no one is competing with you because no one wants your relationship. <laughs> If your relationship is that bad, trust me, honey, nobody is gunning out for it. No one is striving and looking and wishing and dreaming that they could be a part of it. In fact, they're thanking you for being in it because they don't have to deal with it, because they don't have to endure that. They don't have to be with that version of that person that you are choosing to accept into your life. And so... Don't be consumed thinking, what are other people going to think? What are other people going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. If I leave this person, then I don't know if I can watch them being with somebody else of this and that. Let me tell you something. If it's not for you, get out of it. Don't worry. Make yourself available so that what is for you can find you. Create space in your life so that what is meant to be for you can have space in your home, in this um, can occupy space in this home that you're building together, not in in a situation where you you don't even know where you fit in, you know. And that's what I'm trying to say when I'm like, that's not your soulmate, and you already but you already know that is that there's nothing new that I'm telling you. You know this, but you've done a good job at building a guard and becoming so defensive and building these high walls around you that nothing that anyone can say can penetrate through that because that's your partner, that's your person, that's your, you know, your everything, your this and that. You say all these things and you attach yourself to the words you say. That's crazy. 
to the labels that you put towards someone who doesn't even measure up or level up to the standard of what you ideally would like your partner, your person, your spouse, your this, your that, etc., your friend, your best friend, your this and that to be. If someone isn't filling their role, it's okay to reassess if they should be sitting in that role, should be occupying that role. You know, it's okay for you to sit back with yourself and be like, do I want this? Do I deserve this? And is the other person working hard on the other end to making this unified goal work? Are you both working together to making this dream come alive? Or is it just you kind of extending yourself and exhausting yourself? It is exasperating keeping a relationship alive on your own. It is exhausting fighting for someone who isn't fighting to be kept and you're chasing and you're running out of air. And it's that's what I'm saying. You, you need to sit with yourself and be like, why am I doing this? Why? Why am I staying here? Why am I in this space? Why, 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 why? Because the truth is, and I think that's the scary part of realizing, is that you actually don't need to. And I think that's what makes the feeling so scary and why we don't want to think that because now it feels like relationships can be that fragile and that they can crumble that easily but one where you're not meant to be and let me tell you there is nothing you could possibly do there is no mistake you could possibly make there is no mess up that you could do that could come in between God's plans for you, that could come in between what's meant for you. So don't fear that you're too broken, that you're too damaged, that you come with too much baggage, that this and that. Don't fear those things. They're like fear is a lost cause, you know? And don't hold on to that and create an identity out of your past experiences and traumas and mistakes. There is nothing too big that cannot be fixed with the right person, that cannot be fixed with the right situation, that cannot be undone with your own journey of healing, with your own journey that you've decided to take up to work on yourself, to better yourself so that you can attract what is meant for you. Someone that measures up to what it is you are pouring out, you know, and, um, they, you can always start again. Don't even fear that you are out of time. You can always start again. You can always change your mind. You can always go on a different path. Life is so short and it will be such a shame if you spent most of it, a majority of it, a long period, period of it convincing yourself that you should stay in a space that isn't serving you any longer. As always, I'm sending my love. Goodbye. This is 20s.